Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back in the morning, Hookup. We're continuing a beautiful Monday in Lincoln, Nebraska. Take advantage of today if you can. A lot going on in the city, and we're going to talk about it as we continue this. But, man, tomorrow weather changes again. So if you got stuff to do, get outside, uh, try to finish it up. But let's bring on our guy from the Omaha World Herald, Evan Bland. Evan, happy Victory Monday. Happy Monday, guys. Where, where do you even want to begin? I don't even know. I want to know, First of all, how was Thanksgiving? How was and then have you survived it and and how did you keep it together because there was so much stuff going on in the uh, Nebraska sports world? So weekends like this are where you real you, you have to have a good uh, good spouse, a good understanding family, things like that. <laughs> uh, so like every every year Nebraska plays in Iowa this weekend, I go to Des Moines, and so we were there on Wednesday, but. Of course, things were happening Wednesday, um, and then the game was Friday, and then uh, we were heading home Saturday, actually, and so I had to uh, do some writing in the car while Trey Palmer was declaring and Nebraska mm-hmm. was uh, announcing that rule. So it was it was pretty hectic. The Thanksgiving Day itself, mercifully, was quiet, so that was nice. But everything else, man, it's been uh, it's almost like two different two different teams. You got the team that played and beat Iowa. And then you've got the team that is hiring a new coach and starting over. So it's, it's almost felt like like there are these two simultaneous things happening. But uh, yeah, now now the season's over, which which ended on a high note and uh, press conference today and lots going on. Yeah, let's go back to the game a little bit. When you watch the game and you see how Nebraska they got the win because we took the the stance today we're not going to get an X and O's because like you said this is the that's the old thing. Now we're into the new page here, but they get it done. And we talked about this in our postgame show. Was like, give us one word uh, that puts that game in, in perspective for you. One person on the show said that was exhausting. I said it was healing for a lot of fans at Nebraska. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it's funny because you know ultimately it's a four and eight season, not a successful one by any objective measure, but. The way that it ended, like they, they, the clock hits zero, and everybody, like the team, runs to the north end zone, and and I didn't really know why they were going over there, what was happening, but that's where the trophy was, the Heroes Trophy, and so they, you know, they grab that thing. Garrett Nelson's leading the charge, and it, it almost looks like, uh, you know, they sent the trophy body surfing through the crowd of Nebraska mm-hmm. fans out there, and 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 the other part of that that I won't forget is the players. So they celebrate on the field. They walk up the tunnel to the locker room, but then they all come back out of the locker room five minutes later, back onto the field because they just wanted to celebrate some more. They they took pictures with the trophy some more. Uh, the fans were still out there, so it was it was really an interesting conclusion to the season because so many guys were happy. And you know, I talked to Trent Hickson, the the center who's been there for six years, and I said, you know, it's hard to maybe 
divorce yourself from the moment, but where does this win rank? And he's like, man, it's it's got to be the top. Because you had a long drought uh, against a team that was trying to go to the Big Ten championship game. It's been such a long season for these guys going through more change. And so to beat a rival, to ruin their senior day, to go out on top, like it was just, it was cathartic, I think, for those guys in a lot of ways. And yeah, you're going to look back and on your career and, and, and wish that you had gone to this bowl game or wish you had won that game over here. But um, ultimately, the last taste in their mouth was a pretty sweet one. And they got to party in Iowa City and, and everything else. Uh, they were able to sort of block out and say, hey, we'll, we'll figure out the future when the future comes. But in that moment, man, they were in it and they were celebrating it. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, Evan, eight, eight years is, uh, you know, it's, it's a decent time ago. What were you doing eight years ago the last time we beat <laughs> Iowa? Huh. Yeah, uh, I was covering high school sports in Western Iowa and uh, saying, "Hey, there's no way they're going to fire Bo after that, right?" And, <laughs> and it turned out that way. What about, what about you, Will? What were you doing eight years ago? I was uh, I was a sophomore in high school. I don't even think I I knew what beer tastes like. And <laughs> I, I said earlier in the show, I think I was still. No, you never, no, 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 Let's no. let's get away from uh, that. You asked uh, me that. I was 37 <laughs> years old. 37 years old. Two and a half kids. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah they were, uh, lots has changed. Yeah, my kids would have been eight, four, and newborn. Okay. okay. When the last time that we did this. Crazy enough. It's amazing. That's awesome. Um, well, let's get into the big news that's going on right now. Matt Rule hired over the weekend. He is our new head coach. Uh, you know, we kind of had a feeling this might have happened, but Evan, give me your first-hand uh, thoughts on Matt Rule becoming the new head coach. Well, you know, I kind of made this joke that when you look at his college resume, it sort of reads like the script of an HGTV show because he's flipped these programs, right? Flipped that program. He's done that at at Temple and at Baylor. Um, These are places that really were not historical or traditional powers in any way. Uh, And they, they, they had an identity under him at the line of scrimmage with speed on the outside and at the skill position spots. Um, and you wonder how quickly that can happen at Nebraska, right? Like he, he did it in three years, those spots with fewer resources and in an era when the transfer portal and NIL were not really a thing. So how much, uh, you know, I think that the imagination can kind of wander about how quick it can turn around now, because you see what USC has done in the off season with a new coach and they were able to rebuild, uh, what Michigan state did a couple of years ago, TCU, um, sort of broke out this year. So, like, there are examples all over college football of teams that have turned it around with somebody who has a vision. And I think that's the thing that Nebraska has been missing is, you know, we all know that the support structure around the football program is top-notch from an academic perspective, from financial support, from fan support, whatever else it might be. Just from, from those pieces, you look at Nebraska and say, man, they, they should be winning at a high level. And one of the reasons they haven't is because you can't you can't point to this football team and say this is what they do well. This is their identity. Um, you can say that about Ohio State. You can say that about Iowa, about Minnesota. And I think under Matt Rule, when you look at what he's done elsewhere, you're going to find a, a team um, again that, that has that speed at the skill spots that's going to win in the trenches. And you've got a guy finally who's really not at Nebraska sort of learning on the go. He's, he's been a head coach for 10 years. He's been a head coach in the NFL. Um, so he's, he's got plenty of experience with game management, with 
kind of figuring out who he is and what he wants his team to be. And I think that's something that's just sorely lacking at Nebraska, again, is an articulation of what they want this program to be and what they want it to be in the context of the Big Ten, when the defenses are tough and the weather is cold and the coaching uh, is elite. Um, I, I think Nebraska um, it feels like it certainly has a guy now who can match wits elsewhere in the Big Ten, um, somebody, again, who, who has sort of a, a goal for what he wants Nebraska to be, and now they're starting to execute it. Uh, Evan, when you look at this, I think this is an interesting thing to look at because I don't know if the uh, fan base or whatever, whoever – has been so divided with a coaching hire since probably back when Frank got fired. Okay, We can go all the way back to then when you're like, oh, man, this is a division when you look at it because there's a lot of Mickey components. There was a lot of, oh, my gosh, we didn't wait long enough for Luke Fitt or whatever the case is. But we've got Matt Rule, which I think is a home run. I think we're ready to rock and roll this thing. But what do you think it will take for the fan base that's divided to get around Rule? Is it keeping Mickey on staff simply that? Is it they got to go out and win football games? Or is it the staff? There's, it just sets an interesting situation here locally. Right. I mean, they, they've sort of gone back and forth over the years in, in hiring somebody who has Nebraska ties and then hiring what you would call an outsider, somebody who doesn't. And that rule would fit that latter category. What I think he has playing in his favor that a lot of his predecessors didn't, whether that was Bill Callahan or Mike Riley especially, is the expectation level right now. If, if he comes in in year one, and they win six games, seven games. I mean, that's that's a huge success for a program that hasn't done that since 2016. So, uh, you know, if if that's the the pace after year two or year three, then the expectation level is probably going to increase, you know, as as it does. But uh, for in terms of year one and two, um, you know, this is a program, yeah, that has tradition from 20 years ago. But right now. They're starved for any kind of success, and we saw that again Friday in Iowa City when, when essentially it was a meaningless game for Nebraska in terms of stakes and postseason, uh, you know, aspirations. But it meant a lot, so I think that part of it really does, you know, play in his favor moving forward. I, I think the Mickey component is interesting uh, because, as Mickey has said many times uh, in the last month, he's open to staying. He would like to stay. Uh, what he's done in terms of uh, opening inroads into Omaha, uh, recruiting players to this roster. I mean, Trey Palmer would not be here without Mickey Joseph. Casey Thompson would not be here without Mickey Joseph. A number of the, the, the key 2023 pledges who are set to sign here in a few weeks are Mickey Joseph guys. So if you, if you part ways and you don't opt to keep Mickey Joseph on staff, you're going to be overcoming some short-term uh, attrition. There's just no doubt about it. Um, and so I think some of that, it's an interesting early decision for, for Matt Rule, um, whether he decides to keep him or not. And if he doesn't, I think part of that then is on, on Mickey Joseph to be like, hey, you know, I'm cool with that. And as he said Friday, he's got a great resume. He's going to get a job somewhere. He's going to be just fine. Uh, but he certainly ingratiated himself to Nebraska fans with his straightforward nature. He's a funny guy. He's, he's very likable, recruits at a high level, has a plan for you know what he thinks success at Nebraska can be. So we'll see. I mean, you, you look at Matt Rule and his coaching history, he doesn't really retain guys. He hasn't done that at Baylor um, or, Te- or Temple, really. Um, he's kind of had his guys, and, and they've gone with him from stop to stop, but it doesn't mean you can't start now. I, I think Mickey is an asset, but again, you have to sort of uh, weigh whether you want to go with somebody that you know and you're comfortable with 
or um, you know somebody who's who's been in the program and who can maybe help you uh, smooth that transition into next season. We're talking to Evan Bland. Evan, kind of adding to something you said a few minutes ago. You know, Hooks and I were having this conversation. What happens in year one? What could happen in year one? You look at the past year ones at Temple and Baylor. You know, they weren't great, but then after that, he got it going. Is it the mm-hmm. end of the world if he doesn't get to six wins in in year one? Because part of me thinks it's not a big deal. Year two, that's when things should get rolling. Yeah, I mean, it, year ones are sort of the hall pass season, right? Like it, it's it's not probably the end of the world. You want to, you would want to see growth. You would want to see. Uh, improvement on the lines of scrimmage for sure, but you know, I, I just I would be surprised if it was like if it was as bad as his first seasons at Temple and Baylor were one because of the fact that it's Nebraska and, and the resources that you have. But again, I, I think it's a climate today where you can turn things around quicker, where you can hit the transfer portal, where you can throw out uh, NIL offers to, to players that are attractive, where you can offer. $160 million new facility that they're moving into this summer. Like, there's a ton to sell top-end recruits on. Uh, and, and this is a guy who, I, what I was impressed with about Matt Rule, when he went to Texas, he was a kid who grew up in New York City, who played at Penn State, who lived in Philadelphia, who had never been to Texas, had never coached there. And he uh, ingratiated himself into that state. And he recruited at a high level down there, and so I just I don't think there's any reason why that can't be the case here. And and when we hear him speak today, I think a lot of people are going to have their eyes open to just what a dynamic personality he is. I mean, this is Trev said a couple months ago he wasn't necessarily looking to hire a coach to win the press conference, but but Matt Rule is going to win the press conference. I mean, he's he's insightful, he's uh, communicative, he's you know thoughtful. I think in a lot of different ways. So. This is somebody who, you know, maybe unlike some past coaches at Nebraska, is going to have a personality that I think people will want to give him the benefit of the doubt on. Um, and again, he's 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 comfortable in his skin. He's done this before. I think he has a plan for what he wants to do. Um, and so I I just I would be surprised if it's not, you know, at the very least a, a four or five win type season next year with a chance at getting to a bowl game and beyond. Again, we're speaking to Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Evan, uh, today, it's going to be in the Hawks Championship Center, by the way. It won't be your typical. They're going to be hoisted up in the elevator and brought out through the doors. Uh, but so a little bit bigger room. Um, how, how important do you think it'll be, or what do you think the room will tell you based on who's in that room today, if it's former players, if it's current players, if Coach Joseph is there? Uh, that's what I'm intrigued to see about what kind of support uh, this hire's got. Totally. Yeah, it's it's going to be really different because Mike Riley and Scott Frost were both welcomed as new hires on the third floor of Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. Scott Frost five years ago met with more than 100 former players in the weight room before he came up and, and did interviews. And, you know, he was somebody who, who had baggage from his time at Nebraska previously. There was just no, no doubt about it. At his introductory press conference uh, after he spoke at, at the main stage five years ago, he, he told media members, don't call my parents. I don't want you guys to bug them. And, and Matt Rule, you know, he's, he's got his wife and three children here with him. Um, but you're right, Hooks. I think it'll be fascinating to see how many current players are going to be there just to kind of check things out, how many maybe former players make the, the trip over like they did five years ago with Scott Frost. Is Mickey Joseph there? Um, you know, my colleague Sam McEwen talked to, 
Tom Osborne, who said he he would be there, but he has an appointment. Actually, he had to be at this morning or this afternoon. So don't read too much into that. Because um, no, Coach yeah, already I, talked to Tom Osborne. He already said he already talked to To. So yeah, you got that off the checklist. And you know, it, it, there the university is inviting students to come welcome him beforehand, which is new this year too. So it, it will be interesting to see kind of how they play it up. But again. Uh, I've watched all of Matt Rule's introductory press conferences, his previous stops, and he uh, he's going to mention his family. He's going to, uh, to to heap praise on his current institution, and he's going to tell some stories that I think are going to draw a lot of people in. So it's going to be uh, a fun day, and maybe some people that are on the fence going in, uh, I think he has a chance to win them over with how this afternoon goes. We're talking to Evan Bland with the Omaha World-Herald. Evan, we're already kind of getting some news about who uh, Rule may bring with him. Nothing official yet, uh, but we're seeing that Marcus Satterfield, uh, South Carolina's OC, could be making the move over to Nebraska. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, his last two weeks, his stock couldn't Ooh. be any higher, the way that they outscored Tennessee and then Clemson after that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's somebody who's been with Rule for, I think, six of the ten years. He's been a head coach. He's He's been with him at some of the different stops, coaching a lot of different spots, too. I think he was, he's been a tight ends coach and a uh, running backs coach and a, a, an OC, all these different things. So he's pretty versatile in that way. Um, I'm always interested to look at the reaction from the fan base that is losing a coordinator like that. And there's some. I think there was some mixed emotion over there. I think there were some people that were – uh, happy, quite honestly, to see him go from South Carolina because they had struggled previously. Um, but I think there were a lot of people too that were that were simply just happy for him and what he was able to provide the Gamecocks here this season as they've, you know, made a late late surge uh, in their season too. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's somebody again who who was with Rule at his previous rebuilds was was a key part of that, and so. Um, it'll be fascinating to see what what he does in the Big Ten. I think that's always really interesting. Does some, does what work? It, does the offense that works in the Big Twelve and the offense that even works in the SEC does that work in the Big Ten, where the, the lines of scrimmage are bigger, where you're playing more in that phone booth as opposed to kind of spread out all over the field? So we'll see. But uh, it does feel like it's a, a pretty big hire for a guy who who made nine. $100,000 this year, and, and we'll see if Nebraska, if, if he makes that at Nebraska, he's going to be the highest paid assistant coach in school history, so we'll see how that goes, too. Evan, aren't you in the camp, or are you in the camp like myself? Obviously, Matt Rule has the history of being a program builder. He is well-spoken, very polished, uh, a man of faith. You've seen all the videos, but how closely, like Satterfield, there's also some other names being dropped. I think it's really important that fans especially watch the assistant coaches that get hired, right? Because you're going to find out a lot about what that staff is going to be and where they're going to be recruiting at, because obviously one of those groups that we want to get back in is is down in Texas. Yeah, yep, no doubt. I mean, the, the assistant staff in a lot of ways is absolutely as important as the head coach hire and uh, the coordinator spot specifically. I mean, Matt Rule has not been a guy who calls plays on either side of the ball. I mean, he is a true CEO type of coach and so uh whoever they bring in defensively offensively those are going to be the guys who have the schemes and who have uh ultimately the decision on game days to do what they want to do but yeah i mean how the staff fills out will will determine uh some of the recruiting territories for nebraska do they do they hammer the southeast do they go more east into pennsylvania and ohio where matt rules from and and uh you know there's some connections over there we'll see i think two what the assistant salary pool ends up being because, you know, their, their number this season 
when you don't include the strength coach was like 5.15 million, which is, which is pretty good. But the standard right now is getting toward 8 million or, or even more. I think Ohio state this season has led the country with uh, like 8.7 million. And some of your top big 10 schools are paying coordinators well over a million dollars. Um, Iowa has a coordinator that makes over a million. Um, Ohio State hired Jim Knowles away from Oklahoma State for $1.9 million to be a D.C. So that's sort of the going rate is going up. And Nebraska just has signaled that it's going to be a player financially by paying Matt Rule $9 million a year. That's, that's put you right around the top ten of highest-paying jobs at the FBS. And so we'll see if the, the assistant pool is sort of commensurate with that and, and how much they're willing to pay because certainly you're right. Who they bring in, uh, it's going to change everything in terms of recruiting, in terms of scheme, um, and, and, and how quickly they can get this thing going. Well, Evan, are you making your way down for the press conference? Oh, yeah. Right. I'll be there. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, it should be fun. Let's go. All right, Evan, man. Well, good luck today. Safe travels down. And uh, uh, can't wait to hear all this stuff because there will be a lot of reactions. And, and uh, obviously, this staff is already back to work, by the way, aren't they? They've already started working with offers. Yeah, three offers out already, and I'm sure many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Evan, we appreciate your time, man. Uh, take care and be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you. See you, Evan. Evan Blaine, Omaha World Herald right there. Man, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Very a lot to stuff. digest. I know a lot of yeah. Husker fans have been trying to digest this since Saturday. Uh, but I would say this. I have watched, like Evan, I have watched some of the introductory press conferences already of Matt Rule. There's another video floating around of him at a, at a church giving a speech. Uh, that I would encourage you uh, to to take a peek at this guy and get to know him. It's like when you meet somebody for the first time and they come in your you, you know and like you're trying to get in your circle. Get to know him before he pass judgment. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. I like that. I like get how to you know put him. That. He's on the outside. Let's let him in. Definitely. He's got to earn it in for sure. But give him time. Man, hard to believe how many times uh, we've done this in the past twenty years. How many times we've had a press conference like this? I promise you, when we cover it today at twelve thirty, I'll be in a better state of mind than the last time we did this. Yeah, <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah, you you weren't celebrating last night, were you? No, gosh, no. I was getting to bed, man. Sonny, I knew that Monday my kids had to get up after a five day hiatus from school. Right. Well, we only got about three my minutes buddy left. Buddy Lane just tweeted in and uh, messaged me and said, "Too many, Will. We've done this too many times." Yeah, it it's a big one for many. Nebraska. It's a big one. Yep. It's a big one, man. This is uh, the again, and don't uh, let's not let this go unscathed to his way. Right? This is Trev's clock. Trev's first big time right now. Yep. He made he took a 75, 77, whatever amount of days he took to get this done. And this is where he figured out he landed on. I'm going to be a supporter. Okay? Oh, yeah. I, Me too. I I again, we shout out Mickey did a phenomenal job keeping the staff together. Ultimately, Trev, everything that we believe in Saul from Coach Rule, so like in his past, has lined up what Trev told you he was looking for. Yep. Right. And, and you and I both said we're going to trust this process and trust trust Trev. Yeah. And I think it's 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 way more of a good hire than a bad hire. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. It hits more boxes than it doesn't. One right? could argue that it's not a out-of-this-world hire, uh, but there's more good things than bad things with this hire. And, of course, people are going to try and find all the bad than not even want to find the good. Um I don't want to talk to those people. I don't care about those people. They don't seem very fun to me. Uh, but, Hooks, yeah, I'm excited for this press conference. There's going to be some, some questions asked, and, yeah, we're going to figure out a lot today. A lot. So, hey, also, I know we missed a lot of stuff today, but this is such big news. We will get uh, tomorrow. We'll talk some, some hoops. 
Nebraska gets it done. They went what one and two down in Orlando. Um, also, uh, last night, if you're planning for the week and you don't have anything to do, or if you can get tickets, uh, Nebraska volleyball. Uh, they got seeded last night, the two seed in the Louisville uh, region, and they will open up postseason play. Man, they are beat up, man. Unfortunately for Kenzie Knuckles being out, Nicholas Hames has been under the weather and sick. They had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of emotional stuff. Senior night, obviously lost two straight, trying to figure things out. But Thursday night, 7 o'clock, down at the bottom. Uh, they take on Delaware State. Okay. And then presume they win that match at 7 o'clock. The game before that, and your tickets are good for both, I believe, if you have tickets. 4.30, Miami and Kansas will play. Then Nebraska-Delaware State. And then 7 o'clock the next night, Friday night, uh, the two winners will play down at the bottom. So you get to see them one more chance at the bop, minus something else going crazy, because if not, they'll be going to Louisville to take on uh, Louisville in a former Husker. All right. Well, good work today. It's money, man. Good good don't, job, bro. Don't forget, go take a break during lunch, 1230. Myself, Jeff Motes, Elijah Herbel, and Chris Schmidt will be back right here on ESPN 1480, 101.5 FM at 1230. And then at 1.30, we'll bring you the press conference on ESPN and KFOR. Have a great Monday. Will and I catch you on a Tuesday.